0: From the Antioch up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Antioch up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's October 26, 2018. You're listening to the greatest poker cast there ever was. I'm Chris Casenza, And I'm Scott Long. Hey, uh, just so you know, I'm still sick, but I have an inhaler. (laughs) So, like, uh... You know, blue velvet, I might have to breathe in, uh, instead of oxygen, it'll be uh, whatever it was he breathed in that, that show. It was. Uh, I'll be maybe cranking up some uh, albuterol during the show this week.
1: Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to trump your <coughs> obvious brag about your inhaler <laughs> and say, uh, I have an EpiPen. I actually have two now, so...
0: Oh, ever since that, was it a hornet sting or a wasp sting? Was a hornet. Hornet, yeah. That ass. Jeez, two EpiPens. Evil um, in the air. <clears throat> it's it's really sad. And I, I think about you know, when we started this show, we were in our thirties and felt, you know, pretty young and still looked reasonably young, although you had great
1: Well no, age. yeah. We thought we were gonna live forever, right? Yeah. Now we're in our forties and we wake up every morning I'm like, Oh my gosh, I woke up.
0: I know. I'm like, Wow, another day in this hellhole. But <laughs> uh and now I've got an inhaler to keep me alive, you need an EpiPen... <laughs> and people still listen to us? That's crazy.
1: Still gotta get up six times in the middle of the night to go pee too. So, <laughs> all
0: right, that's TMI right there, buddy. <laughs> I did not need to know. At least
1: that. I get up. No, if I didn't get up, that would be TMI. Yeah,
0: that would be that would be rough. Oh, well, you just get one of those stadium pals and just sleep through the night. <laughs> stadium pals. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, I'll be uh, sailing aboard the Antia Poker Cruise next week while Chris will stay back to make sure all the trick-or-treaters in his neighborhood get their fair share of cavities, and that's
0: that's no lie. Your wife gives away the big candy bars, yeah, doesn't full, it? full bars for the last 22 years. Full bars. Yeah, yeah. well, you, you don't want to miss uh, that house, folks. Though. Although this year, we've got the official invite to the like neighborhood party, you know, you, I haven't gotten that invite before. It was official this time. They put it in the mailbox and said, "Hey, bring a dish and come hang See out." See
1: what us. happens when you start putting bonsai trees all over your house. I
0: know. People say, "Oh, wow, well, they're taking people care like, of the." Oh,
1: okay, now. I guess they're not bad people after
0: all. <laughs> so I may not be uh, doing that. I don't know what's going to happen for trick or treaters now. I'm sure. Jeannie's maybe
1: maybe this is a trick. Maybe they're trying to lure you into the party so they don't have to compete with Jeannie and her full size. Yeah, they,
0: it's impossible for them to do with the door competition. Yeah, they can't do it. They can't do it. So they're just jealous. and now they're trying to make us uh, bring us down to their level. Well, it's not going to happen. I'm not falling for it. I'm not going to a stupid party. <laughs>
1: all right. Yeah. All that means that uh, next week's show might be delayed a bit as I'll be recorded on board with our good friend Ramsey and anybody else I can grab by the mic. Um, but remember that uh, you can join us on four great upcoming cruises. With our next one departing February 25th. That's a 16-nighter to the Panama Canal, or actually through the Panama Canal. Yeah. No, it it. Imagine we stopped and stayed there. They'd be pissed that, off yeah that'd be kind of inconvenient yeah. to get home from, but no, uh, so sixteen nights, I think five countries, seven port stuff, something like that, crazy one, and then um, and then next April we'll be doing the same cruise we're doing next week with the exception of going to Grand Cayman instead of Key West. So get all those details at com. call Jeannie to book, and then uh, maybe she'll give you a candy bar too. Yes.
0: To- hey, I got a question for you. I don't think there are very many listeners out there right now who are going on the cruise this week or next week. So uh, are you bringing some outfits with you? Are you bringing some, you know? Uh,
1: well, yeah, thank you for bringing up the great stress of my week now. I'm, sure, I'm sure it is. It's a five-night cruise, so I'm going to have to break the hearts of many, many of my costumes when I have to... Whittle it down to figure out which five make the cut for this cruise. So is there
0: one that you know you're definitely bringing?
1: I've got four now, so okay. it's it's down to the last last night that I got to figure out.
0: So is the watermelon going to make an appearance? I don't
1: think the watermelon's going to make an appearance. Are you
0: going to be the, the the Bavarian bumpkin?
1: That is also one of the finalists for the last spot. So, oh, man, if you can imagine that, those are the ones that are on the. Um, the, the 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 what's the uh, all star game second tier
0: ballot? Oh yeah, yeah. The guys who automatically make it because they need to have something from everywhere.
1: Right, right, yeah. right. So so you gotta th- you gotta imagine the four that are already uh, made it in are gonna be pretty epic. So
0: you have to play in the outfits too. You can't just oh, of like. Of course. Just, all right. Are you gonna wear them to dinner?
1: Play, eat, wear them to the nightclub. I'm gonna do them everywhere.
0: Oh man, I see you formal dining showing up as the Bavarian bumpkin.
1: No, I've got a very, very special
0: costume for formal night. So it's not that work. stupid oh. T-shirt, right? That looks like a tux. No, 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 no. no. Right. It's a
1: brand new one. I've got. Uh, I'm going to be debuting two brand new ones on this. Group. Oh, well, no, one will be a debut. The other one will get a. Um, we'll debut then two nights before. <laughs> park, hey,
0: I love all this, like you know, the grandness of it all, and like the the you know covert kind of conversation we're having here about freaking costumes it's like no one's (laughs) no one that's listening to this show is going on that cruise you can tell us what it's gonna be you're not gonna surprise anybody i mean what's the big deal tell us what you got i'm not
1: entirely sure we got a couple listeners that are coming on this cruise all right fine keep it close to my vest here uh, no i'm excited i it's a halloween cruise i've never been on a halloween cruise so i'm looking forward to seeing what the cruise ship does as well too yeah i
0: wonder if they do stuff oh i'm sure they do sure they do i hope they do I need to win a contest. So. <laughs> you need to win. Uh, don't don't bring the one with the cage. That That's just... The, no, that's you'll terrible. never be able yeah, to get that, down the ship anyway. That,
1: that, that was a really, it, was, it was a good idea, a bad concept, and I'll probably never wear it again. Yeah,
0: yeah. Alright. Well, have fun.
1: <laughs> Excellent. And then when I get off the ship, literally a couple hours later, I'll be flying to uh, Mississippi, Chris, because the Pearl River Poker Open Antia Poker Tour Series kicks off today. That's Thursday at Pearl River Resort in Choctaw, Mississippi. It runs through November 4th. Uh, obviously, I'll be on the cruise next week, so I won't get up there until the main event, but that doesn't mean that uh, you all should wait for me. Go on, get up there. Yeah. Uh, this opening weekend is a multi-day, so even if you're listening to this on Friday, you still got time to get up there and get in. It's a uh, 100000 guarantee $350 buy-in event to kick it off, so that's great. And then lots of other tournaments during the week, and then it all ends up with an 810 buy-in uh t- one hundred thousand dollars guaranteed main event uh, that will get you on the cover of Ante Up. So get all the details, including how you can get great uh, poker room hotel rates at magazine dot com slash Pearl rubber and those are going to be some of the best rates you've ever gotten for a tournament. When you compare, uh, when you consider the quality of the room that you get to stay in as well. Yeah, too. yeah,
0: absolutely. So it's, it's a really great, nice great facility. Just and uh, super cheap. Yeah, yeah. Super or super, super
1: inexpensive. I
0: um, yeah, Scott doesn't like to use the word cheap. Yeah.
1: Anyway. Well, I don't mind using it for me because I'm totally cheap. <laughs> and I certainly don't mind using it for you.
0: You're
1: it for <laughs> but not with our clients. Our clients are not cheap, they just
0: provide great value. You know, it's funny when we, when in your casual conversation, you say, you got to get up there to Mississippi. And I'm thinking, up. It's like, it's so funny when we're talking about that. We're in Florida and we think <laughs> of Mississippi as up but well, it's like half the world that listens to us is north of there and they'd have to go but like what's south of south like like what's south of the south pole you know what i mean like it it's just it, there is no south and north and well, it's pretty funny yeah
1: i'm pretty sure the south pole is the part of the south you can get yeah
0: and then and then pole like what's south of that though like like what you know space and then it's like there is no north or south <laughs> you know what i'm saying I think this inhaler's got some sort of... Uh, oh,
1: God. Doing some memento, I, Inception, mind-bending something
0: stuff. something going there. on in there, inhaler, man. I don't know <laughs> what it is. It makes you feel good.
1: <laughs> you know, I just saw Poltergeist for the first time last no week. No so way. I can't believe you just yeah, said that. I know, I know. It's inc- it's. You know, I, well, I, well, growing up, I, I didn't do horror movies. So, um, and I saw Nightmare on the Elm Street for the first time a couple weeks ago, so... Wow! Last I've, night the, the, the I've not seen any of the Halloweens yet, so.
0: On Goldberg's, I did a spoof on Freddy Krueger last night, in, uh, in Elm Street. I love that show. The cool Goldberg's because it's it's like my childhood. It's the same time frame as when we grew up, you know, and I just love it. Um, well, I, and I was
1: upset that I hadn't got into that because a lot of people told me it was great, and then you posted the, the entire episode on Rush, and that
0: just would have ruined me. So, oh, <laughs> oh well, it wasn't. It wasn't the entire episode, but it was like the main theme throughout the episode, which was awesome. <laughs>
1: Were any Were any of the kids wearing eighty nine dollars t shirts?
0: Yes, actually, that every episode, this kid named Johnny on the show, he he has to have a Rush shirt on. He doesn't have anything but Rush, and it's always a different concert t shirt every every week. It's it's awesome. I can respect that. Yeah, it's an awesome show. Um, so let's get back to this poltergeist thing. I know it's not poker, <laughs> and they want to probably kill us this week, but. Uh, so that's really the first time you saw like the snow on the TV and the girl goes, they're uh, well, here I, and all I that? I knew
1: of it. I knew the, they're here yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I knew the curses and all that afterwards. But right. um, but I thought maybe once I wa- started watching it again that it would come back to me. But I'm like, nope,
0: don't remember any of this. Yep. Wow. That was a fantastic
1: like, movie, by the way.
0: That was like the first scary movie that I ever actually didn't turn away from when I was watching it as a child. You know, because my mom used to like cover my eyes and not let me watch the show, like, or whatever. If there was nudity, she'd cover my eyes. Or if there was scary <laughs> stuff, she'd cover my eyes. And so that was the first movie where, like, I think I was with my brother, and he's like, just watch it. Because now it was like, it's like Pavlov's dog. I was trained to turn away when something was scary, you know? So my brother's like, just watch the guy pull his face off. And then, you know, because the steak starts inching across the counter and then starts bubbling up. And then he pulls his face off in the mirror. And it's like, when I finally saw it, I was like, oh, my God, it's fake. It's, it's fake looking. It's stupid. And then I was never scared of movies again. It was the weirdest thing. But, uh, yeah, Poltergeist. And it's, the reason why I said I can't believe you brought it up was just yesterday, my, my, uh, my best friend from back home gave me a call. And he was telling me that he, he got home from work and his TV was on and it was all snow and there's nobody in the house. And he's like, what the hell? So he turned the TV off, and then like he went upstairs to get something from his office or something, or his bedroom, and he came back downstairs, and the TV was on again, and it was snow again. And he's like, he thought somebody was like just screwing with him, you know? He's like, what the hell is Probably going the, on?
1: Probably the neighbors with a little clicker through the window. No, it turns out it was
0: his, turns yeah. out it was his um, DVD player. There was some sort of fault in the DVD player that it kept turning, it was on, and it kept doing the input until it went to its its input and then because it wasn't on it turned snow but like he, for like 20 minutes he couldn't figure it out he, had, he got on the phone with the company and he got on the phone with the cable company he was freaking out and he started just freaking out he started thinking of poltergeist he's like they're here you know and you don't well, see I... snow that often on TVs anymore with the digital age you know true
1: uh, well I'll tell him not to take any chances get rid of that stupid clown
0: so. <laughs> get rid of the clown and that damn tree <laughs> <laughs> all right. One.
1: Anyhow, so go to Pearl River Yeah. <laughs> and play yeah. some poker this week if you're not coming on the up cruise, and uh, so we have poker stuff to talk about on next week's show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we actually are going to talk about poker here. I thought this was a pretty cool story. Uh, for the past couple of years, uh, poker pro Bernard Lee has been able to join a Massachusetts home game tradition that started in 2008, and Lee wrote about it uh, recently on Poker News. Uh, it was started by Ken Tens Tilden. How come we don't have nicknames?
0: Uh, I think we do. We just don't tell you what they are. Uh, that's probably true.
1: <laughs> Anyhow, Ken Tens Tilden. Uh, nine buddies get together every year, Chris, to play out the World Series of Poker main event final table themselves. The players start with the same chip stacks as the final nine and the same blinds, though so you shorten the levels to one hour so they get it done in a day. Yeah. Uh, players choose one of the WSOP final tablers name out of the hat, and that's the stack that they inherit for the tournament. Um,
0: a couple of things. Uh, did we talk about this once before? We may have. Or was it, it just a different a little, variation? No. The coaches? Oh, it's going on for 10 years, so it's possible. Yeah, it's either that or we're just saying how coaches were doing that with their players. They were giving them the actual chip counts and mimicking them. But, um so with, without the November nine, right? They don't they don't do that anymore, right? Uh, yeah, so it's probably it's got of hard more to do than these last two years. For yeah, me. I was yeah. gonna say it's kind of hard to do now without November nine. But very interesting. I I I don't know. I don't know if I'd be willing to do that. I mean, I'm the guy that didn't want you to take fifty cents out of the pot for the damn horse race. <laughs> so I don't know if I'd want to put money up just to draw be a one in nine shot of drawing the short stack and having to play that way.
1: Well, so that's a good. That's part of the reason I brought it up is I mean the the. It's interesting that uh, they've been doing this for 10 years. They're probably not the only people. I mean, it's I can imagine other people coming up with this idea and doing it too, right? But, right. But, um, but the reason that uh, Bernard wrote about it um, this time was he offered some suggestions to them. Um, oh, and by the way, let me back up. For the last couple of years, Bernard's got the World Series of Poker Champion to Skype in. Oh, wow. And wish them all luck. That's pretty cool, right? That's so, wild. Uh, But anyhow, so, uh, but he offered a couple suggestions, and the biggest one was that he said the same thing you did, that it seems kind of unfair that the buy-in is the same for everybody, but you could get, you could draw the 13 big blind stack, or you could draw the 250 big blind stack, right? And uh, he suggested that uh, they tier it a little bit, so if you get the big stack, you're paying your buy-ins more, and if you get the short stack, your buy-ins less, so... Um, But then I wonder whether People would do that You would have to like Set the cap right Because I mean what if you Normally your home game You play a $50 tournament right So And this one everybody 50 bucks. so to, to skew it Where somebody pays 5 Somebody else is going to have to pay Like 250 right
0: Yeah or unless It's you just say The big stack pays the full Buying that we normally pay And everyone gets a re, You know reduced rate right From there now So you can't
1: Right But then your price pool is
0: like Your price pool terrible then yeah, yeah, Man. you'd
1: have to do something. You'd have to. That's what I'm saying. You'd have to like say, "Hey, all right, if you're going to get a lot of chips, you got a better chance of winning. So you're going to make it pay you more. But we have to be sure he's comfortable with that top, whatever it is. Yeah. So maybe it's that hundred, and then you scale it down based on yeah. percent for that.
0: Very interesting. It's I mean, it, it, that's something that, you know, keeping it keeping it fresh at the home game, you know, and having fun. And I want as he. Um, I wonder if – in that article, I don't remember – they didn't have results in it, right? I don't remember seeing anything like how they did or the shortstop um, ever one yeah, or anything. Yeah,
1: well, they didn't have like – it wasn't like and Mob. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. But, uh, but yeah, the um, uh, champion – the World Series champion guy the, – the guy who got the champion Right. Finished second this year. Oh, okay. In, in their tournament this year. So. Interesting. Um, But
0: um, –
1: does he, so, use,
0: does he use the big chips too for the larger denominations? Oh no, yeah.
1: So the other, he actually, you'll you'll appreciate this, Chris. He actually, um, over the course of weeks or whatever, while watching poker on TV, he actually put little labels on all of his home game chips, nice, with denominations. So nice. they all like you know five million or one million or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And his little picture of it on there is kind of cool. But,
0: but did he have to sand them down so they wouldn't slide off of each other?
1: That. That did not make the article. I, I can't say for certain that he didn't. But it was not in the article.
0: I still have that rig, you know, by the way. Just so you know. Well, I'm sure I, you do. I still have that rig somewhere in, the, be in the Antioch Museum someday. <laughs> the Smithsonian baby.
1: The rig and the bell. Well, that's it. You know, it's gonna be a really short
0: small <laughs> region. <laughs> I always wondered if they're gonna ever put us in the Florida Poker Hall of Fame. Uh
1: I'm that. not aware that there is one.
0: Yeah, so. I don't know. But if they ever have one <laughs> I remember when we first started the magazine And it was just a Florida magazine I would go to like to cover the events And then I would think, once I was at uh, I think I was at Derby Lane Yeah, it was Derby Lane And there was a guy there taking pictures and stuff And I can't remember his name now Oh
1: was, yeah, uh, Marco, what's his name? Uh, what was his last Le- name? or something like that, yeah, I remember him yeah, yeah, right, and
0: he was like taking like He was doing it for the official record or something Of like Florida poker, or, like historical or something and I was like, well, maybe there's going to be a Florida Poker Hall of Fame someday or something, you know? And that'd be, wouldn't that be something we'd be getting it Probably in, but...
1: would have been something we should have created. but Yeah. Well, we still can. We <laughs> still can. We still, still
0: can. can. There's no reason why. As long as they put us in first, we're in the inaugurated <laughs> class, and I'm I'm fine with that. But <laughs> but it's possible.
1: Uh, <laughs> one of the other uh, suggestions that Bernard had, I thought was probably interesting, is um, he suggested that they all draw their stack a week um, in advance.
0: So they can prepare.
1: So yeah, have, yes, a chance to strategize based on your stack because otherwise you go in there and you don't know whether you're going to have the big stack or the small stack or something in between. But if you have a whole week to prepare and say, hey, I've got 13 big blinds, what am I going to do? Or i am got the big stack, you know, do I want to be the table captain or let the smaller fish knock each other out? Yeah, yeah. But that's a bit more academic to it, wouldn't right?
0: it? Yeah, I think so. Look at you bring us back on topic. I keep trying to stray away to make the show better and longer, and you keep bringing usually, us back it's on topic. It's, I know it's usually me, the one. We're it's reversing roles Friday. today. I think it's the inhaler. Yeah. All right. Time for any updates.
1: I wonder if anybody else does it, so. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: The Deep Stack Charity Classic, which Annie F. has helped sponsor for many years, is returning November 4th, this time at the Isle Casino in Pompano Beach. They've added a party bus to take players from Daytona and Orlando, because that's where it used to be, uh, to this event. So for more information, go to deepstackcharityclassic.com. Uh, if you'd like to be one of our monthly magazine contributors and represent Antioch in your home area, apply at com slash ambassadors. We actually have an immediate opening in Michigan. I wonder if we should expound on that a little bit and let our listeners know what's involved in being an ambassador. Yeah, that's um, Basically, what we first like... First of all, no money. Yeah, the, the, the first thing is there's no money. Uh, it's just it's just your, your chance to sort of be a big shot in your poker scene and uh, help contribute to uh, our cause. Um, but really, all we're doing is asking for players who are pretty much already involved in their poker scene. You know, so if you're already you're a Michigan player and you like to travel to the three or four casinos in your area or something like that, you know, we just like for you to go there and and say you're with Annie up and and see if they have any any uh, needs or issues that you know, how many magazines are they getting from us? They need more? Do they need less? What's going on in their room right now? And then when you find out that information, you just for for Michigan alone I mean you just got to write this really short little piece for the magazine like 250 words which is basically like four sentences so you know it's not difficult uh it's a very easy thing to do and uh, a lot of people say it's very rewarding a lot of people a lot of our ambassadors when they write me every every month for the column and stuff and they they're letting us know how it's going or that they're proud or that people come up to them and recognize them things like that and some some, some, people, some people don't like that, you know. Some people don't want to be. They want to be uh, anonymous. But a lot of people like that. They they want to feel like they have the finger on the pulse of their poker community and can contribute and help their poker community do better and 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 uh, have more uh, not fame, but you know, more ink. Um, so if you live in Michigan and you want to try it, give it a shot. Absolutely. If not, I'll be writing it. You know, save me <laughs> from myself. Anyway, it's magazine dot com slash ambassadors. Uh, and we love hearing from our fans, so if you have a hand of the week or a listener spotlight or call the floor submission, email us at podcast at com, or you can post it in the Antioch fans group on Facebook. Uh, all right, so we're not sure if we're going to have an O'Malley's move this week, so if we get one after the show, we'll post it. If not, it makes a good break for him anyway because Scott's on the cruise next week, and uh, that way you don't have to wait two weeks for the conclusion, so we may just give him the week off, but in lieu of that... We're, we're not, not
1: giving the week off. We're not giving week, the week uh, off. Uh, our advancedpokertraining.com dot com hand of the week is actually hands of the week this week, um, and they both come from O'Malley. So, um, in the meantime, send your hands or situations to podcast at magazine dot com to go ahead and send those uh, listener spotlights and call the floors. <clears throat> <laughs> and uh, if you ever want something from us, and wanted something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. So, all right, so. I believe O'Malley set this up as a um uh well actually I'll just uh re reset here. He's like uh he said there's too much background um in these situations to make him O'Malley's move. So this is kinda of like the cutting room floor of O'Malley's move, right? Oh interesting. Yeah. Um so uh he said maybe we could use him as a hand of the week and then a situation of the week. So I'm not sure which is which, so we'll just play them both as hands of the week and then we'll, I guess we'll figure it out. If we
0: You know what sucks is, uh, I think I may have mentioned on the show that, uh, you know, we had our bathroom remodeled, and uh, so we had to, like, literally move out of our bedroom, because it's the master bath, we had to move out of our bedroom for, like, a month, and so when we finally got back in and cleared all the dust and everything and cleaned up and everything... I, I, like, misplaced my pad that I do the hands of the week on. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to write on my hands, so why don't you, like, vamp for a couple minutes while I'm looking for something to write on here. <laughs> I got that to the right. All right, hang on. Let's see. Uh, oh, I got an old envelope. I can write. I'm going to write in this envelope. All right, here we go. I'm ready for the hand of the week now. Sorry about that. All right. All right.
1: See, we're pulling out all the stops to the lengthen the show. <laughs> I Orleans.
0: got that damn inhaler is really making me. <laughs> all right. Yeah, but we're, we're all right. We're almost a half hour in. If this takes a half an hour, we're good to go. That's hey, you know
1: said. what? Talk about no poker so far, but you know
0: what? If anybody doesn't like this show, I we I guarantee we'll give you a refund on your money. <laughs> all right, let's do it.
1: All right. So uh, this is from O'Malley's bi-monthly home game. Uh, super low stakes and friendly, but very serious. He says it is five cent, ten cent, and he says yes. Five cent, ten cent, nickel dime game. Well, good for him. Buying twenty dollars. Yeah. See, Scott's
0: deep. Scott's too snooty for games like this. He he just he.
1: No, I just don't have the. Um, uh, it's not snootiness. I just don't have the. Um, the self control to play it properly.
0: See now that's why it would be a good lesson for you to play these and try to be effective. And since you're just lazy. Yes. No. I I fully Let, admit that. Let's have a five cent, ten cent game soon. <laughs>
1: All right, he says. I approach this game like him in the lab, trying out new things and find out what works and what doesn't. Right. All right, I like that. That I can respect. He says, perhaps this is me saying, uh, don't judge me too harshly for playing this trash hand. <laughs> so in this particular trash hand, I <laughs> have around fifteen dollars. Uh, it's a seven-handed table, and we are under the gun with the five of diamonds, tray of diamonds.
0: Nice love that. Don't
1: hand. judge it too harshly cuz you know he's going to play it.
0: I know, I love that hand. Um, you know what? If we're if we're under the gun, then this is one of those situations where you can truly try to play the players like, and not right. the hands and
1: Yes, I like where you're going with this.
0: Right. Yeah. So, in other words, we're under the gun. So, who makes raises under the gun? Well, only really group 1 hands or whatever they call them and so let's let's have some fun with this hand and really shock the hell out of everybody when the hand's over and turn over these these babies. So uh I don't know, I'd make it a raise, whatever. It's five ten, you know. I mean I don't know what the raises are in a five ten game like this. You know, it could be a dollar <laughs> fifty for all I know. Um but whatever the probably the standard raise has been going on in this home game and stuff. So whatever that would be, thirty cents, forty cents, fifty cents, whatever it is. I wanna I wanna play this like I have aces right
1: No, in fact actually even outside of the o'malley lab here i actually think this is an interesting hand to play under the gun if you get it not every time but it is a good um way of getting i've always talked about this it's trying to get out when you especially when you do the classes on the on the cruise ship people are like i'm not aggressive enough right yeah and so these are kind of things i would suggest is when you get out of line because you need to get out of line to play aggressively, right? Yeah. Make sure it, it's it's uh, mm. suited and either uh, connected or one gaps or something like that, so you get a little backup on it, right? Yeah. So, uh, and if nothing else, that's just your randomizer for you. So, okay, all right, I'm under the gun and I got a suited connector. This is where I'm. I need to play like I have aces. With the with the benefit of a hand that could flop well, so. Now this is a very bad hand, but it's it's an interesting one to try. So if we hit this, we're we're gonna do really well. If not, as you said, we are just playing this. We're gonna pretend we have aces this whole hand and see if we can uh, run a great great bluff, right? Yeah. One, so.
0: None, just, All right. Just one, one quick thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just one yeah. quick thing. Generally, I like to do this when I'm in position, though. But we're gonna try something different and do it under the gun. So. Well,
1: but I think you get a little bit more... Again, you have to take your thought process out of position on this, and if we're pretending we have aces, we would play aces under the gun, so...
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I just mean that when I'm trying to play the player, I mean, it's a lot easier on you to be in position to do this than it is to be out of position the whole hand and try to run bluffs on three streets, you know what I mean? So I'm just saying, if you want to play the players, it's better off to be in position and have the advantage already without the cards needing to matter but in this case yeah you're going to try something different
1: okay unfortunately our hero wimps uh, mm-hmm. but with the intention of raising so maybe that's all right
0: so the intention of check raising like not check raising but raising if somebody raises behind him
1: uh, uh, yeah the intention right. of raising so yeah well yeah i guess
0: it's going to be intention of check raising cuz
1: <laughs> you can't raise I mean, gave up his option to raise there. I mean,
0: unless he... Because he's under the gun. Unless somebody raises behind him, and I mean, that's what uh, I mean. And then for, he raises you. Yeah. Re-raise, I mean. Yeah, yeah okay.
1: All right. All right. So this player to my immediate left makes it 35 to go. And again, that's cents, folks. 35 cents to go, and it's folded to the small blind, who makes it $1.25. Gulp, O'Malley says.
0: Wow. Well, now I think it's... You've lost your opportunity, to be honest with you. I mean... I guess you could play it like you had aces, but I don't think anyone's going to believe you now that you've got these other guys in the pot with legitimate hands who don't well,
1: even who could they, actually have the aces. They, at least one guy has a good hand, right? Yeah. So he's not going anywhere. So and he's in position. Well, he's not in position. He's in the small blind. Sorry. So actually, you do have position on him. So that's the only benefit there. But that's going to be a pretty good hand to raise it to one twenty-five out of the small blind
0: yeah i mean if you're if you're thinking about it you have your little poker thinking cap on and you say all right well we've got somebody who limped in a hand us you got somebody immediately which is early in the early in the hand raising then you have somebody who's going to be out of position the whole hand knowing that under the gun plus one raised and then they re-raise 3x that they, they, they what kind of a hand can the small blind possibly have and he's probably not going anywhere unless a scare card comes so that's that's tough.
1: And I'll add to that that uh, Small Blind also knows that we under the gun limped, which is always suspicious, right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, unless he wasn't really paying attention, I mean, that's you got to be prepared for that re-race to come from there. So Small Blind's got to be either really strong or really bold or both. <laughs> so
0: You have to get yeah. the, the what the guy next to you is going to do, too. In your mind, if you think he'll just call, then I might call here because this is the type of hand where you can buzz somebody. Only you know, they...
1: oh, might fold if we re raise. So here's the here's the other interesting thing about this is so we know now the small blind is super strong. At least we assume at a high percentage.
0: Yeah. Is, right. Right.
1: So now we we were going into this hand thinking that we were going to represent a big hand. Well, we can't do that anymore. But but we do have a hand that can kill a big hand, don't yeah. we?
0: Yeah. That's what I was thinking. That it's, it's super. It's definitely one of those uh, ace crackers. You know.
1: So yeah, I'm almost uh. uh it's, I'm almost, sh- I surely think I'm going to stay in this hand. So, yeah, you're right. Now the point is do we think that the player left to act after us is going to re-raise it and make it even more expensive. If that's the case, maybe we raise here, but then we're going to get re-raised. No, you're, the-
0: you're in trouble to do that. I think you got to call and hope.
1: Call and hope. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Good thing it's only uh nickel-dime games. Yeah. <laughs> all right let's see our hero says well i'm here to try new things right i raise it to 350 chris holy
0: cow let's holy hope those cow homes don't
1: come out of their nest because i'm allergic to them
0: so <laughs> wow all right well hey you know he said he's going to try to play it differently and we said try to play it like aces aces would do this but if you're against aces you're in trouble
1: but yeah and here's the funny thing is I that was what I was initially going to say and then you know as it was coming out of my mouth I was like oh wait a minute <laughs> it's just going to poke the small blind to raise too so I guess we'll see what happens here but yeah, all right. wow. um, the initial razor folds alright that's what I was trying to do by raising um, and the small blind calls so okay all right, it actually worked out well for us then
0: yeah unless the small blind just calls with aces because a lot of people play them that way
1: well, but well, that's true, but we we kind of assumed he had aces. What we were worried about is him raising all in there and then putting it to his test, and then we just
0: touched th- we couldn't call that right? Well, if okay. we assumed he had aces, we wouldn't make the race, so we can't assume he has aces Well, no, i
1: w- I would make that raise to get the other guy out,
0: so now I'm heads up
1: against the aces no. uh, and but that's what i'm saying the 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 fear in doing that then is that if he's got aces, he's just gonna be raised again and get you all in and yeah. you know so there's a very tricky spot there. And we thread the needle pretty well. We got rid of the one guy in the middle, and we only got a call of it. So regardless of what he has now, that's that's the best scenario here for us,
0: I think. Yeah.
1: All right. So the uh, small blind is a pretty solid player, but he can be tricky, and he has us covered. Uh, all right. So we're down to 1150 in our stack now, and the flop is the nine of spades, eight of diamonds, four of diamonds, and the small blind checks to us.
0: Nice. I mean seriously, I mean it's not it's not an ideal flop, but you you've played this like you got a big hand so you have all unders to the big hand and you've got a flush draw and a backdoor wheel draw, backdoor straight draw whatever. So this is a type of hand where you got to follow through. You got to you can't just check behind now. So there's like 735, 740 in this pot. So I'm going to bet like 5 bucks.
1: Yeah, so here's the other thing that's interesting about this. So we we talked a lot about assuming that the small blind had aces, right? But aces would have raised, re-raised probably, right?
0: Um, well, like I said, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people like to just smooth call and make you think you don't. They don't have it, and then you know. What I mean, a lot of people play them that way.
1: All right, so I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is I maybe you're right. Maybe they're trying to be sneaky, but otherwise. It could be like a king's or queen's kind of hand and then it's like, oops. Yeah. They stepped into it. Now they're very cautious. And that's why they checked to us again. So it'd be interesting to see what they do now. If they check raise us now, then then we're back to what we thought we had, but that's great because we got back up for our flush at least right yeah. now. Yeah. I pick up that straight um draw on the turn as well. So all right, so uh it's uh, seven bucks in the pot. So what would you say you're betting? About five. About five. Yeah, I think uh, four-ish is probably right. Five's not bad either, but somewhere in that range. Yeah,
0: because it's like 740 in the pot probably because yeah, there's small blind, yeah. or even more, maybe 745 because the big blind's out, and you had that raise of 35. Then the two 250 is a seven, so 735, 745. So almost 750 in the pot. I don't mind betting five. Eh, I mean, half the pot is usually later, later in the streets, usually like a little more now, so I don't mind betting five bucks there.
1: All right, our hero best four, and the small blind calls. Okay. All right, so all right, let's go back to what we think about. Is he is he really slow playing aces now? It's possible. Probably, it's a safe flop for him. All right, so maybe you do take that chance again. Yeah,
0: Yeah, there's no way he's putting O'Malley on babies here. So he's thinking that O'Malley's got a big pair, and you know he's just hoping his pair is bigger. He's probably got something like queens.
1: Well, let's hope not, because the turn is the queen of hearts. Oh no. Four now is nine of spades, eight of diamonds, four diamonds, queen of hearts. Small blind checks one more time.
0: Oh, I don't know. If I had aces, I would bet him. That's the thing. Are we still trying yeah. to tell that story? Yeah. So, if I had aces, I would probably just shove the rest of my stack. You know, if he had a set of queens, we still have outs. Still have outs. Yeah, so. it's
1: hard to believe that he's got diamonds uh, unless he's sitting on like an ace of diamonds, king of diamonds kind of hand. Yes. Yeah. Kind of overplaying that, so yeah, I feel good with our our backup outs and I feel good that uh, well I don't know how much we have left we had eleven fifty we have seven fifty left that's the right amount I mean that's and probably, he has he got comfort, to so you know yeah all right our hero says I contemplate shoving here oh well if he contemplated he's probably not going to do it Chris sorry. yeah yeah uh, but I want to see if I hit my hand on the river and maybe get paid off there's no way he has me on five tray here I'm thinking this guy could be pretty weak. <laughs> And maybe the better play is a shove here, but I check behind.
0: Oh, I don't understand though. I don't understand like why he, why he's weak, why he thinks the player is weak. That confuses me. I mean, this guy really yeah, flopped
1: I, I think you're right. He had kings or queens, is what I think, or jacks or something like that. It's just scared. Certainly not weak though. I don't Especially think. if he
0: hits that queen on the turn. Now he's really trying to trap you because you've taken huge command of his hand. Now he really wants you to bet, and you didn't. So that that would play into his... You know, you, you did well against him. That's the whole Sklansky's theorem where you do the opposite of what he'd want you to do. So you got lucky there if he did hit a set of queens by not by betting, but... You know, and trying to hit your hand. I don't know if you get paid off if you make your flush either now. Interesting. Huh.
1: Well... Yeah, a couple of things are interesting here, I think, now. So, um... Uh... If... It if we miss, obviously we miss on the river, and he bets. We've got a fold, right? We have nothing. Um, he just changes the dynamic of the hand in so many ways now.
0: Well, the thing is that if no matter what, I think you have to bet the river because you it, it, you can't win. And if you well, hit you your hand, you win. got you know. I mean, so you got to bet the river no matter what happens anyway. Um but
1: Yeah, you're really not controlling the pot, you're right. So at this point you should have shoved, yeah I got it in now, right? Yeah.
0: So no matter what happens, you know, you're pretty much committed to your whole pot stack stacked to the pot anyway. So you should have done it earlier to put more pressure on yeah,
1: it. Well, but the opposite is if he if the guy finally wakes up on the river and bets, we're not gonna call. So that that's the only way we would not get over. I guess
0: so, him. yeah. Unless we hit our flush. And yeah. I mean yeah, we would have
1: to not hit our flush and then hit he would have to bet out yeah, the river. Yeah. Then need to save money. That's the only way. So
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Alright, um, All right. the river is the nine of diamonds, so the final board is nine of spades, eight of diamonds, four of diamonds, queen of hearts, nine of diamonds. Oh, I don't like this card.
0: No, of course not, because if you did hit the queens, then it's a boat. Uh. Well, did he check to us, or did he bet?
1: Uh, he says, uh, uh, our, yes, the so small blind bet's enough to put us all in if we call.
0: Oh, man. This guy really river a boat. Well, I mean, we've well, got so much money boat, invested and we got a, our hand.
1: River to flush is higher than ours.
0: It's a, yeah. There's
1: only one that's. No, actually, there's not even one that's less than us Because the four diamonds are in the
0: board, so. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't think I could fold, though. We were telling this story and now he's bet into us. Maybe he hit the nine. He's got three nines.
1: Wow. Interesting. Hmm.
0: I mean, you have to put him on a very specific hand, either a flush draw, or two queens in his hand. It's it's pretty specific.
1: Or two eights. I mean, he could have boated up there. I guess a couple ways of boating up. I just don't know if pocket eights
0: re-raise. Yeah, you're probably right. Pre-flop, queens would do that, and then queens would call, and then queens would check-call, and then so if I'm gonna fold, it's because I'm folding to a boat, not a, not a flush. You know, I'd have to really think hard about it, but. I'm gonna call.
1: I don't know. The flush kind of makes sense in some ways, but it
0: has to be a very specific know. ace king of diamonds kind. of Not event.
1: trying to be too scared here, but I, you know, we, we ran a block, we ran it boldly, and <laughs> it just didn't work out. I think so. I think I might actually save my money here, but again, I would have got it all in before, so I wouldn't have had to be put to a decision here. So,
0: well, you got to fire three barrels if you want to be world class. Oh, uh, he didn't, though. He checked the, the turn. It doesn't did. matter. Right. So, he, so saying, he can get yeah. away from it now because he, he doesn't have to be a hero here.
1: Yeah, and then that's why we went back. I mean, that's the only advantage to the checking behind on the turn is it gave us an option to get out of here if we missed. And we didn't miss, but it was the worst diamond to come. So
0: the absolute worst diamond <laughs> to come. It, is, it is. It's one of the – yeah, it's the worst diamond.
1: I mean, um, eh. All right, maybe I'm too tight here, but uh, – well, the other... I, oh, boy. There's a couple of things here. I, I, I think I need to fold here, because I, I, the way he's played it, I, I think we're beat one one of two ways. Um, the other thing is, is we did this as a lab to try things out, and I think it's really going to kill us if we don't see this hand, right?
0: Yeah. But he did say he was tricky. So he could see that nine and be like, I'm representing that nine. It's feasible. I think the
1: trick might be in the way he's played the hand up until now.
0: But- yeah could be feasible that he had the nine, now he's got three nines, and he's happy and emboldened. He's betting three nines. It um, gets back to... Well, feel, the problem too, is
1: our check there. I mean, we don't know if that made him feel confident in a lesser hand that we do
0: have beat, too. Right, that his kings are good or something. Yeah. You know? I'm going to call. I think there there are enough hands that play this way that we beat, and there are enough hands that beat us, but I'm... The way it's gone down, I just feel like that check is solid and tricky. I think that check that we we didn't take control of the hand and shove yeah. on the turn makes him think the only way I'm going to win is a bet, or he's clearly you know doesn't have aces, and now I think my kings are good. Maybe he had jacks,
1: that's yeah. why he checked yeah. behind on the turn. I think you're talking me into this call. Yeah, yeah, I'm yep. going to
0: call and just hey, you know what? doesn't doesn't hurt me either way because I'm doing the hand of the week for my bedroom. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, uh here it says I think my mistake here is that I should have thought about this longer but I had basically snap called. Oh no. That's not a good okay. sign. Opponent turns over queen queen. Yeah,
0: queen queen. Damn. Very consistent with how he played it, so yeah. yeah. Wow. See so that turn Good thing he didn't shove in the turn, but it did not matter. He got it all, called it all in anyway.
1: Well, the other thing too is that there's no way out of this hand for us, right? Because you know, unless we really made him believe we had aces or kings, um, maybe we get to fold on the flop. But that's a r- only really good players <laughs> are going to fold on that flop, I think, right? Yeah, the queens yeah. and the turn you know, hit your set, so he's not going anywhere after that. So um, now, if the last diamond was not the nine of diamonds, then it would be a different story right now. But
0: yeah. he still calls too, though. If it was like the four, right. three of diamonds or something, he still, or whatever, we had that hand, so ten of diamonds, so he still calls, so that's just a horrible, horrible card. Jeez. Hate this game.
1: All right, <laughs> uh, he says, no big deal, I'll follow this away for another time, and maybe use what happened to my advantage. So he took it well. Took yeah, well.
0: Yeah, it was, it's because it was five cent, ten cent, not five dollar, ten dollar.
1: <laughs> it's, <true. laughs> it's true. All right, he says, about a month later, same home game, he had just doubled his stack to forty-three dollars. Wow and the same player is on my right and has button-straddled the 20 cents. <laughs> we are first to
0: act on the small blind with
1: ace of spades, ace of clubs! Now we All right. that we tried to represent in the first hand.
0: So now, we play Let's it play exactly it the same way. <laughs> we do the exact same thing. We limp now and play it the same way and hope that this player has the same memory from a month earlier and can think that we have rags. Right? So we yep. limp with the aces this time. I like it.
1: Of course, All it's right, the straddle,
0: good. too, so... Well,
1: of course, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know how uh, they play their straddle. You know what I mean? I don't know if they... Because the guy straddles, it goes to the person who's left, or does it go back to the small blind? That's only when it's the button, right? When the button straddles, then it goes to the small blind. So we yeah, 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 would so have to wait it to it get around. It 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 right. it so I'm going to limp. Straddle, so. I'm going to limp to see right. if the straddle raises. I'm going to do the same thing,
1: and that's what O'Malley does. And he says, "I limp with the previous hand in my mind, knowing full well this opponent remembers it as well." Yeah. Big blind calls two other callers before he gets to the button, who so raises it to one seventy-five.
0: Oh, well, we're raising, things, baby.
1: He said, "Oh, he almost raises, almost always raises the button straddle." So I knew I could count on that.
0: We're raising now. We're going to make it five bucks. Five, I like it. You're
1: gonna be a bear, be a grizzly, right? That's right. All right, uh, O'Malley says, I think my re-raise is what cost me, though. I made it $8 to go. Oh, no. More than 4X's raise. And not really realizing he only had $13 behind. And he's like, why do I always lose track of my opponent's stack sizes? Folds back around to him. He thought and thought, saying he knows there's a good chance I have garbage. And then he folded. Go! Man, Uh, we... Go! Interestingly, once I tossed my cards in face down, he said your trash goes into his this trash, mixing it into the muck so close. Uh, he must have been weaker than I thought, uh, or maybe he just knew he, he didn't have any fold equity. Perhaps raised only $5 would have gotten an over show, but ultimately I'm glad I experimented with this, and now I can put it behind me and go back to the drawing board. Interested to hear what we think, so well, I don't know. Here's I don't the know that five was going to change anything. Yeah,
0: I don't think it. I agree with you 100%. I don't think that was going to happen because he was just doing the standard. I'm in the straddle. I have to raise and play like the big boys. And we said, ha ha ha. We were hiding in the, the weeds with a big hand and waiting for you to do that because we knew you were going to do that. So we made it eight bucks thinking you were. And now he's like, yeah, I was only just doing what I'm supposed to do in the straddle and I don't have a hand and I fold. Now, if it had been just the guy raised under the gun. Then I think you get his whole stack, but it was because yeah. it was a straddle, and because it was they're all going through the normal straddle moves, he didn't get his money. I don't think the eight dollars mattered either. I agree. I think even made it five or four, I think he folds.
1: Well, I think this is an interesting thing about uh you, how why you need to have a strategy if you're a straddler because again, I'm on record as hating straddlers anyhow I never yeah. do it. right but if you are going to straddle, I think you need to have a strategy. so if he really did raise there because he felt he had to. Um, but he didn't have a hand that could um, survive a re-raise. That seems to me to be a faulty strategy. Yeah, a lot to of guys just, still do that, that. Not So, <laughs> I mean, if he had the five of diamonds, straight diamonds like we had in the last hand, then I think maybe make that call because you've you got something that, that could kill a big hand. Yeah. But if he was doing that with a hammer or something, just to goof off, I'm like, that's a bad strategy, I think, because... Lots of people are going to be waiting to check raise straddlers, so it's going to happen more often than not. Yeah. And if you keep folding to it, then now you're just pissing money away, right? Yeah. Because every single time people or going to raise you with anything, just knowing that you're going to fold and get out and collect
0: that money. I just don't. I don't like the straddle. I don't. I don't mind if if I were to, if I were going to convert to a straddler player, like if I was going to say, you know what, I'm going to make it a part of my arsenal. It's going to be something I like to do and want to do it would have to be button straddling. Because then at least I have position no matter what happens the rest of the hand. Whereas if you're doing it where he did it, you might have position if the small blind did it or, you know what I mean, or the big blind called you. But the rest of the hand, you're taking a chance at raising random cards, hoping that people just don't have the stones to call you. And then if they do, you're hoping they're behind you because you want to have position on them with these crappy cards so, the only way I would be a straddler is if I was a button straddler. You know, there are a lot of poker rooms that make you put money on on the button. Uh, like, Palm Beach does that in their cash games. They make you put, like, the $2 up if you're in a 1-2 game on the button. So, you're essentially, like, committed to playing the hand anyway. So, I would rather be a button straddler if I'm going to do it. If, if I'm going to straddle okay. under the gun or, or plus one or whatever it is, forget it. Absolutely, I can't stand straddlers. I just can't stand it and It's not that it hurts me. It doesn't affect my game really at all, except maybe I'll try these tricks once in a while that O'Malley did here, but it just it just ruins the game. It just ruins the game. It really does um sometimes i'm when I'm in the game and they straddle, I don't mind it because I'm like, yeah, let's get this boring game out of the muck because everyone's just you know you get like one raise and everyone folds, and then you're just you're dealing like twenty hands an hour and but if if you know, if the game's already pretty loose and already people are already playing and you're getting some big pots and stuff, the straddle's not needed. Just stop straddling if the game's already big enough and then people are already playing it. You know? I don't know. I just I don't think people have enough experience. If they see people do it and they think, Oh, that's cool, I'm gonna be cool like the big kids yeah. and, and do it, but they don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But that's why I said you have to have a good strategy. So if you have a solid straddling strategy, um, It's not bad because most people don't know how to play against a Stradler, but yeah. you've got to be pretty golden on that strategy to make yeah. it work. All
0: right, well, we're giving O'Malley the week off, but uh, he'll be back after Scott gets back from his cruise. Scott, be safe on the high seas.
1: Right, I'll take all the fun out of the cruise for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what, though? You don't get too hammered on this cruise because you got – you know, you don't really drink that much anymore, anyway. But
1: no, I don't. well, they and they raise the prices and
0: everything. Too, yeah, right? so so all right, be safe, and we'll uh we'll we'll be back together, me and Scott, in two weeks. I'm Chris Cosenza. and I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at the tables.
1: AntiUp is a production of Anti-Up magazine.com contact the show at podcast at antiappmagazine.com or call our hotline at 206-338-6344. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiappmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.